Welcome back to another episode of The Anxious Creative. I'm your host, Don Bradley, and I am so excited to be hanging out right now. If we haven't met before, I have been in the beauty industry for over 20 years. I have burnt out multiple times. I landed myself in the ER thinking I was dying, and it actually turned out to be a panic attack. And now I'm really excited to help other professionals and creatives get past the overwork, the overwhelm, the anxious, and settle into a life that can be profitable and stress-free. So I'm really excited to have you here and dive into this week's episode because we're going to be talking about how laziness is your superpower and how to actually lean into that laziness rather than thinking it's a bad thing. But before we do, I just want to share with you that this podcast is here because of you. And so if you enjoy this podcast, the nicest thing you can do and the thing that I would appreciate the most is if you shared it with people that you think would benefit from it. And actually, I've got a little incentive for you. I thought it would be fun to give a prize to one person every month that leaves a review. So just leave a review of the podcast. Bonus points if you take a screenshot and tag me at Don Bradley Hair and at The Anxious Creative Podcast on Instagram. I love seeing that. And every the first episode of every month, I will announce the winner. Now you have to listen in order to know if you won and then you reach out. I'm really excited about this because I like to do fun things and I want to thank you for being a loyal listener. So anyway, this episode today, I'm really excited for it. I recorded it very early in the morning. I was feeling really inspired and I really hope it speaks to you because I know for a really long time I struggled with having the label lazy and thinking I wasn't doing or being enough. And when social media came on the scene, it amplified that even more. And so I want you to know that laziness isn't a bad thing and get cozy, get a little lazy and get ready to dive into this week's episode. I overthink, I overshare, and I overanalyze. So come explore with me as I chat about business, life, and relationships all through the lens of an anxious creative. It is like 6.30 in the morning right now, and I just felt really inspired for this podcast episode, and I just, I've really struggled my entire life with feeling like I'm a lazy person. One, because... And not in so many words, I've been told it that actually from a manager of a job I once had said, I've never seen someone sweep the floor so slowly. And I was like, what? And I've just always felt most of my life, I felt like I was carrying a semi-truck trailer behind me. And it wasn't until I was diagnosed with depression at 19 that, oh, that kind of makes sense. And then starting to realize that I had anxiety. Now, I don't remember when I was diagnosed with anxiety. I don't even remember when my doctor first prescribed me Ativan for panic attacks. But I do remember one of my, like, my one of my like memories of panic attacks was, and this will all make sense to this podcast episode in a second, is at the time I had a Christmas party with my work that I worked at, the salon that I worked at. And me and my boyfriend at the time had a big argument because I really wanted him to come to the Christmas party with me. I wanted to show him off. I wanted to be excited. I had worked there for a really like almost 10 years. And he, I don't know, for some reason didn't want to come, had something else going on. And we ended up getting in a really big argument. And this relationship was very, oh, what's the word? A lot of arguments. It was toxic. And so we ended up having this big fight. He ended up not coming. I ended up not going at all. I popped an Ativan. I fell asleep 
on my couch for two hours. I remember waking up to my friends being like, oh, you missed the staff party. It was so good. We're going out to the bar. You should come. And I went out with them after I had a couple drinks and then ended up doing cartwheels on the stage at the bar. And that's when I realized, oh, that whole little warning on the Ativan bottle that says don't consume with alcohol. That's why, because it actually speeds up the Ativan and makes it stronger, the effects of it. Anyway, that's my funny little story. But Depression and anxiety, yeah, always been there. Looking back on my life as a small child, it was there. I think there was some trauma that happened to me around the age of four that if I'm just like looking at it from an objective, logical standpoint would make sense where that stuff came in. And at 38 years old, I was diagnosed with ADHD, which is depression and anxiety and all that really play a part. And one of the things that I've struggled with feeling my whole life is really lazy because I don't approach things the same way as other people. I'm very strategic in a lot of ways, but I just don't, sometimes I can move really fast and at a crazy pace, but at other times I don't move at a fast pace. And I tend to be scatterbrained and messy and things when I get in my creative flow and I don't like to clean up and that whole like lazy piece of being exhausted and overwhelmed and not being able to cope. And so really holding the label of being lazy for a long time and I really want to switch it today for you so that if you've ever been called lazy or consider yourself lazy that you start to realize that it can actually be your superpower. And so I want to walk you through the lazy approach to keeping clients happy because I don't know about you but I overcomplicate everything. Yeah. I still struggle and I've worked through it and I've gotten a lot better but it's still a little bit of a knee-jerk reflex for me to think things that are worth it or things that are things that will be productive or things that will be why do I keep wanting to say fruitious that's is that even a word things that will be successful or things that are good and that do well can't be easy like nothing good comes from being easy or it has to be hard for me because I things aren't easy for me there's like that thing in my head is it can't be easy otherwise everyone would be doing it and then everyone would be having success so this doesn't make sense But in reality, oh my goodness, I look, if you're watching this, I look fabuloso this morning. But reality is easy is better to ease into the ease of it. And really everything that life and creativity and business and success, however you define it, I want to encourage you to try to ease into the easiness of it and find that. And I know we're talking about keeping clients happy, but a lot of times we think, okay, I have to give them a discount or I have to do this or I have to, we like jump into fix it mode and overcompensation. And then we get ourselves hooped in situations. Okay, they said yes to that example. I fried a client's hair off once. It was a freak accident. It was a chemical reaction, which I had learned about in hair school. If you're not a hairstylist, it's one of these things where there's no way to predict it's going to happen. It happened within 10 minutes of putting clay lightener on her hair. Her hair was smoking. I went back to the sink. I rinsed it off. I combed out the back. In my head, it is like when I tell people the story, they're like, oh my gosh. And I recently just found pictures on my Google Drive and they're like, that's not as bad as I thought. And I was like, It actually isn't, but it was so traumatic. It's like in my brain is something way worse, but it was the underneath that kind of just came off with the comb. And I was like, oh my gosh, 16 years into my career, I had never seen this happen. I'd seen it happen to other stylists and was like, oh, that sucks for them, but it never happened to me. And it made me question everything. It made me think somehow I'd faked my way through the last 16 years of doing hair. Clearly I didn't know what I was doing. I was a year and a half into 
a new city where I didn't know anyone in the industry because I came in and I worked independently right away. And I had this intense anxiety of being found out as a fraud. And so I overcompensated with this client. I said, you call me day or night. I'll give you weekly treatments until your hair is back to healthy. I will pay for extensions. Now I do great lengths extensions, which are like top of the line, the most amazing extensions and the only brand that I work with for extensions, but I paid for $2,000 worth of hair and plus seven hours of work because I was so terrified and wanted to make her happy and also wanted to control the narrative, which is embarrassing to admit, but very true, very true. And I, at this stage, like now, this was 2016 when that happened. I'm not, I've worked through it. I don't know if you just heard that noise, but my feet just rubbed together. It sounded like a fart, definitely was not a fart. I would own it if it was a fart. But at this stage of my life and career, I'm able to, I don't have an emotional response to it. So I've worked through it, but at the time, man, I went into a deep dark hole. And actually I was at my therapist's office last week and I said to her, when was it when I started coming here? When did I start seeing you when we were backtracking? And I was like, in January 30th, 2016 is when I fried someone's hair off. And she said, that was it. I went into a dark place. But anyway, the whole point of overcompensating, instead of just asking my client, what would make you happy? What would be work? I remember her saying, just cut my hair off. We were cutting it shorter anyway. And she's like, just cut it off. And I was like, no, we need to preserve it. I had actually cut, her hair was like, you know, rib length. And we had cut it to collarbone length before we started coloring. She was, she, that's what she wanted. And yet when I did the extensions, I made it really long again. I just, it was this crazy overcompensation stage where now if I was coaching myself back then, I would say, okay, so this happened. You know, you feel at fault, however you're not. It's a freak thing. This is where my custom consultations were born out of. And if you don't have my program, Rock Your Consultation, we'll leave the link in the description because you definitely should check it out. If you want, I also have free resources and workshops on policies because it's so important to let your clients know about the risks as minimal as they may be. If you have risks involved in the service you provide, it, it doesn't matter how minimal, it's so important. When I had laser eye surgery, which is funny because I wear glasses now, I had to sign off on a chance that I might go blind. And I was like, excuse me, like what? And they're like, it's a minimal chance. And people are getting laser eye surgery all the time. But the reality is that the risk exists. And so we have to let you know. And so when this hair fried off, I'm like, you know what? I'm not letting clients know because it's a, such a rare and small, minute possibility. But then when it happened, I realized, oh my gosh, I felt at fault. And my client doesn't know any better because I didn't tell. So the importance of being forthright and also letting clients know about the risks involved. So I would go back to myself now and I'd say, you know what, let's set some systems up to make sure that your clients are aware of the risks so that you don't feel like you're the one at fault when something out of your control happens. Now, that doesn't change that this happened now. So instead of overcompensating, I gave her tons of free product. Like I said, weekly treatments till your hair is fixed, extensions. At the end of the day, I ended up getting throwing my back out. I had to get this shot in my butt to try to relax it. No doubt it was all from the stress. And I ended up missing, not texting her back for 24 hours one day because of that. And then she ended up going somewhere to get her hair fixed and it ended up on the right foot and I haven't talked to her since. And I hid out in my house. I was terrified. I live in a city, a large city of over, I think over 2 million people in the surrounding area. And I wouldn't leave my house because I was terrified that somehow I would bump into her out in public. And I don't know what, my anxiety just took over. So I would look back at myself and say, you're not at fault. You're taking fault and you're trying to control the narrative because you're scared what people might think of you. And so instead of overcompensating, let's ease into what's the simplest thing you can do right now. And I'm looking back and be like, show compassion to my client. Say, this really sucks and this isn't what I planned, obviously. And I don't know why this happened. 
However, I want to make sure you're happy and satisfied. And this is one of my, if you've taken my program, Rocker Business, I always say, what would you feel is fair in this situation? Man, how easy is that? What would you feel is fair? And then let them respond. And then you can respond back. And if you've been in Rocker Business, that there's a whole kind of method for it. And if you didn't know, Rocker Business is now a membership and accepting people for a year-long mentorship. And I'm really excited. I'll leave more details later at the end of the episode. So... Anyway, I want to go into this lazy approach. And me, I like alliteration. I also like, what's it called when you like make the letters of the word, like each a word? I don't know. But here is a lazy way to keep clients happy is to first listen. Just listen. We go into fix-it mode. We go into hyper overcompensation. And we go into panic. Take a deep breath and listen. And one of my favorite things I tell people is if you tend to jump into anxious talking, which is something I do too, always have a cup around near you and just take a sip. It gives you time to think without feeling like I need to respond because I'm taking a sip now. So my brain goes, oh, I have some time. Just listen to them, hear them out, listen to how they feel, validate their feelings, which goes on to the next one, which is we're spelling out lazy. Appreciate what they share with you. Validate what they share with you. I totally understand. I hear you. That's legit. And thank you for sharing that with me. Appreciation is really huge. That shows people that you heard them. It validates what they say. And you don't have to agree with what they say, but you can appreciate where they're coming from and why they're saying it. And then be zealous. It took me a minute to find a Z word. <laughs> Let's be honest. The definition of zealous is to be eager and enthusiastic and have interest. And so I want you to be zealous with... And I wrote this, if you're watching this, I wrote it down, but like eager and enthusiastic and interested in finding out what would make them happy and what would keep them happy and what would keep them coming back to you, how you can rectify a situation or even if it's not a situation, just keeping them happy, be zealous. Listen, if you're just wanting to like collect information from your clients about how you can improve their service or how you could offer them more things, be zealous, be eager and enthusiastic and interested in like enthusiastically interested in hearing from them. I see so many people when they get feedback from be it clients or business mentors or whatever, reject it. Nope, that won't work for me. And I've totally done that too. People have been like, what if you did this? And I'm like, no, no. And it's a bit of ego. Sorry, I don't know if, but I know my business. But really your business is run, in a service-based business, your business is run by your clients. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe in knowing your purpose, your why, and who your ideal client is and catering to, right? You don't wanna be run by non-ideal clients. Otherwise, like if McDonald's listened to everyone's feedback, they'd feel like they had to give fine dining experience. People would be like, Where's the cutlery? Where's the serving? Oh, that's like a Canadian thing, I think. Where's the napkin across my lap? Why aren't you pulling the chair out for me? If McDonald's, I don't know if they've ever gotten that feedback, but if someone went in there with fine dining expectations and complained and McDonald's appeased that. So you still wanna know who you're for, what you're for, your purpose, what sets you apart, but you still wanna listen to those ideal clients and get feedback from them about what they want and cared around them. Let, figure out who your ideal client is. And if you don't, Rocker Business is definitely something you wanna get in on or my client building bundle, that'll be helpful as well. I have a lot of online paid programs if you find my free education helpful. There's a plug. But really be eager to hear from the people who are the ideal people, the people that you would want in your business every day and eagerly and enthusiastically take interest in hearing from them. And not that you have to apply everything they say, but it'll give you insight into what they're looking for. And then lazy, why? This was a tough one to make. 
L-A-Z-Y. But Y is yield to their favor without, what did I write here? Without caving. I was like, causing? Without caving to your boundaries. So as people pleasers like to give in to our boundaries a lot, we tend to struggle with our boundaries because we think yielding to their favor, appeasing a client's ideas is we have to abandon ourselves. And so having a firm, confident stance in who you are and what your business is and what your business can do, but also yielding to their favor, listen to them, appreciate what they have to say, be zealous, take enthusiastic, eager interest in what they have to say and what they're sharing. And then yield to their favor as much as, they can, as you can. I think that's amazing. I love that idea. You know what? I'm going to, I have to figure a few things out, but I think that would be great. And this approach is going to keep your clients happy because they're going to feel seen, heard, and valued. People want to be seen. They want to be heard and they want to be valued. People also want to be able to be recognized. And you could, one, one great, I am a brainstormer for life, but if you use Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or anything like that for your business, if you're announcing something new that a client gave you a suggestion for, or if you're like, hey, just wanna let you guys know that I'm switching this up and I have to thank blank. And so they really are the brains behind this idea. People love that. Recognition is huge recognition, being seen, heard, and valued, and appreciated. And so I hope this lesson has helped show you that really next time you go into overcompensation mode or fix-it mode to trying to keep your clients happier, maybe you've lost some clients and so you're thinking you need to do more, be more, and juggle more things on your plate, slow down, take a breath, and start to listen. That's step one. You don't even need to go farther than that right now. Let's uncomplicate it because overcomplication leads to exhaustion, which leads to overwhelm, which leads to collapse, which then we tell ourselves we're being lazy when we're just actually exhausted. Our nervous system is wrecked. I was listening to a podcast this morning with Mel Robbins talking about coming out of the last two years and we've been in fight or flight scenario with our stress levels and if you find yourself I know I it really hit me hard this morning because for the last few months I hit 2 p.m and I can't function and not only have I had the last couple years of the schmandemic as we like to call it but also I suffered a collapsed lung in June after the symptoms came on after a chiropractic appointment and that was traumatic to my body and to me too I thought I was dying and so I've been in fight or flight and realizing, okay, I need to tap into this calmness, that parasympathetic nervous system, if you understand that, or if you've done yoga, I know that's where I heard that from for the first time. And she, Mel Robbins, if you don't know, she's a self-development motivational speaker, but she talks about putting the hands on your heart and saying, I am safe, I am loved. There was a third one, and now I can't remember it. But pressing on your heart because the vagus nerve, now I'm no expert in this and I just heard this morning, I've heard of the vagus nerve before, but it's it what, from what I understand, it's what controls that parasympathetic, that calming. And so pressing on your heart, I'm sure there's other techniques too. You could probably Google how to ignite, trigger your parasympathetic nervous system and there will be tons of stuff, but really just start with listening and realizing that overcomplicated doesn't mean better. Being lazy is actually your superpower. Thank you again for tuning into this episode. It means so much. I hope you feel better if you've ever been slapped with the label lazy, that you can see that it actually can be used as a good thing. And so know, friend, that you're amazing just as you are worthy, you are valuable, and you have something to give to this world. And if you like this episode, I'm going to ask one more time, why don't you share it with a friend, post it on social media, tag me, 
and leave a review for a chance to win one of our monthly prizes. All right, I can't wait for the next episode. Make sure you're subscribed so you get notices and you don't miss out because sometimes you never know. I like to throw something fun in there. But until next week, stay weird, friend.